I-92.9, Lansing's new hits. Of course, where you are listening to this, online, I-92.9FM.com. It is the All Things Michigan podcast, focusing on those doing great things in the community, whether it's a public outreach program, a community service. And today, we have Alex Brace, who is the executive director of Small Talk. What's going on, Alex? Hey, how's it going? Good, man. You uh, sent me an email, and it caught my attention right away, because it's something that I think people try to avoid talking about. You know, because it's such a traumatic thing. Uh, Explain to us, first of all, uh, what Small Talk is. Yeah, so Small Talk is a nonprofit in Lansing area. We've been around since 2011, so we're about eight years deep in the Lansing community at this point. Um, We serve children who have been sexually and physically abused. So anytime that happens in Ingham or Eaton County, um, children are referred to us by law enforcement, and they're able to go through what's called a forensic interview, which is a chance for a child to get sort of their statement on the record um, in a really safe and comfortable environment. Yeah. And then we're able to provide all these children with free counseling as they go through the process of healing and go through the criminal justice system yeah. um, to make sure that, you know, they can heal from the trauma they experience. It's something that's so traumatic and something that, you know, most most adults, when you're doing your nine to five and you're, you're so busy doing everything, you try not to think about stuff like that because it's but it's something that does happen, unfortunately. Right. And I think that's what the great thing about opportunities like this to be able to get out in front of the community and talk about something that it truly is an epidemic. Yeah. Not only in our community, but just across the United States. I mean, I think there's more awareness about sexual abuse and sexual assault than there probably ever has been in reported yeah. human history at yeah. this point, just because of things that have happened nationally and right, the Me Too here. movement and, and things Absolutely. like that. So I think that, you know, now is more important than ever for us to kind of get the word out there. And I think people are, the nice thing about the climate now is that people are more comfortable and more accepting of being able to talk about these really difficult topics. Yeah. Um, I know when I started, you know, a small talk back eight years ago, um, I can even see a difference between, you know, the level of conversation I can have with somebody in the community then compared to now, which I think is is really encouraging. What made you want to start Small Talk? Um, so I actually didn't start Small Talk. I was the first employee. Oh, okay. Um, so I was the first and only. But what, employee what made for a you while. get into the business? Right. Yeah. So um, my story is a little unique. I grew up in Lansing my whole life. Um, I did a little sabbatical and lived in Wisconsin for a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. Um, then moved back home uh, back in 2011. Was lucky enough to get the job at Small Talk. I had no idea what uh, Children's Advocacy Center is. Um, so what that is is it's a um, it's a model of being able to treat and investigate child sexual abuse and physical abuse cases. So mm-hmm. it was a movement that started back in the 80s. There's like 900 across the United States and 32 or 33 here in the state of Michigan. Um, but I had no idea these kind of places existed. Um, yeah. And they, at that time, they were just getting started um, in Ingham County with um, building a children's advocacy center. So there were law enforcement and prosecutors that were you know, building a team um, to sort of combat this serious problem in our community. Yeah. Um, and I was lucky enough to, you know, get the job and I've been there ever since. It's something that, that you know, there's signs usually, correct, yeah. when it comes to physical and, and, and sexual abuse of a child. What are the signs that a, a parent, a babysitter, a friend should see a family member and, uh, and pinpoint and be like, this is a problem. It's tricky because I think a lot of times um, what's interesting about these cases when they go through the court system is lots of times there is no like physical evidence. Um, so a lot of it is, 
you know, somebody's word against somebody else. Right. So I think for us, the really important piece is to kind of start by believing and create an environment for children where they feel comfortable enough to be able to talk about what's happening to them. So I think that's the onus is on us as adults to create those kind of environments, whether that's at school or at home. Um, or in a daycare center where children can come up to you and know that you're a safe adult and be able to talk to you about these things. Yeah. Um, but I think as far as things that you should look out for, sometimes changes in behavior are really important. I mean, parents know their kids better than anybody. So when they see kind of drastic changes in their kids, sometimes it's good to just kind of check in with them and make sure yeah. that they're doing okay. Um, you know, depression, anxiety are often very common when we look at post-traumatic stress disorder, which a lot of kids end up having when they've gone through a really traumatic um, sexual assault or physical assault, Um, you know, changes in, um, you know, academic performance, things Mm -hmm. like that. I think it's always just important to kind of keep a good gauge on your kids, keep checking in with them, keep asking them questions, have these conversations um, early uh, so kids know that it's okay to, you know, talk about your anatomical parts using those particular words and have those kind of conversations and um, like you said it's something that's really uncomfortable for a lot of people to be able to do that but that's kind of the first step to prevention is having those conversations and i think like you said without those conversations you can't change the environment you can't you know you need to be able to open up whether you're a parent listening to this or you know if you're a teenager listening to this it's uh, it's simple it's just like kind of with uh, with bullying we're doing a bullying campaign mm-hmm. and the one thing that i tell the kids is if you see something say something yeah because if you don't no one else will you know it's kind of like like you need to be the person that but it's hard when you're a victim of sexual assault or you're a victim of physical abuse you know whether it's from your parent or a relative or a family friend, it's hard to say something. Absolutely. I mean, that's one of the, I think, most difficult things. And one of the things that we see very frequently is these uh, later disclosures. So children who will disclose, you know, that something happened to them five years ago because, you know, it took that long for them to feel comfortable enough or find the person that was able to listen. Sometimes, unfortunately, we hear stories of kids who have told people multiple times and just everybody's kind of brushed it off or said it's nothing. (sighs) And that comes with the, you know, just the complicated nature of abuse. When you look at, you know, the vast majority of the cases that happen are by an offender that this child knows. Right. Don't they say, uh, you know, like you, you had just said, but in most cases it is a family friend or it is a family member. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. So I think that's, I mean, you know, growing up, the, you know, conception that I always had was that this was the stranger in the van that was, you know, just trolling around your neighborhood looking for kids to pick up. Yeah. And I mean, at this point, being at Small Talk for these, you know, past eight years, I've seen thousands of interviews at this point. I can probably count on two hands the amount of times we've had a stranger assault that gets reported wow. to our center. So, you know, the vast, vast majority of the time, it's going to be people that this child knows, which then complicates the ability to disclose in the first place because there's there's all these emotions that are attached with a disclosure that you know that's a lot of reasons why kids will not disclose because they're worried right. like what what's going to happen to my family am I going to break them up um how is my mom or my dad going to react right so they'll keep that to themselves to try and protect their family or preserve their family because they feel like that's the most important thing at the time um and we want people to know that 
you know, that's one of the reasons that small talk exists is because yeah. we want a child friendly environment where kids can come and feel safe and know that they'll be believed when they come walk through our doors. And I think that that's something that, you know, if we didn't exist in the community, that's not something that would be readily available to everybody. You know, you had mentioned the thousand plus cases, you know, you've been doing this for eight years now. And I, I think that's a that's kind of a staggering number when you think, you know, Ingham County is a big county. Mm-hmm. But when you think about it, that's a lot of kids. And that's just a lot of hurt. That's a lot of, you know, um, trauma that had someone said something or had someone, you know, and as a parent, I mean, I have, I have a bunch of kids. I have triplets. I have, you know, <laughs> oh I have, my gosh. yeah. So it's like, <laughs> it, but it's one of those things to where it, 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 there's no appropriate age to have a conversation. It's, it's just like, it, there's, there's no like age limit and there's no suggested age either, you know? So there's always like this question mark of, when should I talk to my kids? Like, when is it appropriate to bring it to their attention that physical abuse and sexual abuse sadly does happen in this world? Mm-hmm. I mean, do you have an answer for that? It's such a difficult thing to answer. I mean, that is a hard thing to answer. And I, I mean, I'm a father as well. I, my daughter's two years old. And I mean, I think the mentality that I kind of take is I start planting those seeds now. So my daughter's two years old. You know, we use anatomical names for body parts Mm -hmm. in our house. Um, We make sure that that's kind of the language that we use. Yeah. Um, So it's normal for her. Um, So, you know, God forbid if something were to ever happen to her and she goes up to her teacher and she says somebody did something to her private part, Yeah. you know, there won't be any kind of miscommunication as far as that's concerned. Yeah. So, um, you know, and I think, you know, we talk about you know, and she's two. So, you know, at the yeah, level the of language being barrier. able to understand <laughs> yeah. Yeah. some of the things that I, I understand as an adult, like we're right. definitely on two different wavelengths a lot of times. But I mean, I think even just for me, you know, being able to talk about those kind of things with her, even if I know that she's maybe not understanding everything, it gets me used to being able to talk right. about it in a way. So when we talk about, you know, not letting anybody touch your private parts right. or just even just simple consent education stuff that you can do with kids. It doesn't have anything to do with any, you know, sexual elements or anything like that. So sometimes, you know, if I ask her, can I have a hug? And, you know, she's two. Sometimes she just doesn't want to give me a hug. (laughs) And I I try not to be hurt by it. And I say, that's okay. Um, You know, and I think I want her to grow up, you know, as she gets older, to know that she's in charge of her own body. Yeah. And that nobody can do anything to her without her permission. Well, and like you said, it's putting the building blocks in their brain at such a young age Mm -hmm. to, you know, in this household you should not feel uncomfortable for right. saying, you know, something if it's, a, you know, and that's that's so important because I feel a lot of parents when it comes to talking to kids about sensitive issues like that, uh, they just ignore it and they don't say anything. Yeah. And then that becomes a bigger problem when they turn teenagers and, they, and something happens. They don't feel comfortable to even talk to their own parents about it, you know. Right. Yeah, and I mean one of the things that we offer at Small Talk as well is uh, prevention education. So we actually have um, one of our staff members that goes out into the community and educates adults on how to prevent and respond yeah. to child sexual abuse. So that's something that we offer sometimes at our facility, sometimes to just different community organizations that are interested. Yeah. And I think sometimes that's a really good primer for people to kind of just get used to talking about it. They understand the, the gravity of what sexual abuse is and what it can do to an individual in a community. So I think sometimes when you really understand how significant a problem this is in our community, because I think it's one of those things that, you know, 
lots of people will say, well, that's not going to happen to me. It's kind of like you right. know, a, a serious medical illness or something like that. We can all kind of try to explain it away and justify reasons that it won't happen. But, you know, in reality, all of yeah. us are at risk. I mean, this is a crime that does not discriminate against anybody. It crosses all racial and socioeconomic yeah. well, and and like you, lines. Well, and like you said, too, in most cases, nearly all cases, it's happening inside of your household with someone that you know, like that's what that's what's so crazy about it. When I when I worked at another radio market, we we did a thing called Roof Set, and mm-hmm. we you know yeah. we raised a hundred thousand dollars for you know uh, you know uh, prevention of of child abuse, mm-hmm. and the statistics and the stories that you hear like from the kids yeah. that were it's so like eye-opening because like i said when you've got a nine to five and you've got your job and you've got your family to take care you're like this doesn't happen in my house this doesn't and what you don't know it's it's so alarming you know it's so shocking so if uh, people want to get more information as far as small talk goes where can they go yeah i think the best place to go is start uh on our website smalltalkcac.org we also have a facebook facebook.com slash smalltalkcac you can follow us on instagram as well Uh, we're trying to beef that up and yeah, post get more social. pictures and yeah. stuff like that. So that's something that we're working on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're always doing stuff in the community. We'd love to be able to just kind of reach out and let people know about what it is that we do, why this is such an important nonprofit in our community. And, you know, hopefully we can get to the point where um, we can shut down our doors and we don't have to exist. And yeah. I'd love for everybody out there to put me out of a job and yeah. put me back in the market. Yeah, it would, would be it, ideal. Well, well and the yeah. thing is, is, is uh, you know, it would be a good thing, actually. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, I totally agree. I mean, I, I love my job and I love what I get to do. Yeah. Um, but I hate that it exists yeah. and that we have to do this work. But I think as long as it continues to be a problem in our community, we, you know, all of us at Small Talk are committed to... Um, you know, making sure that as long as this is an issue, kids can get healing and, and hope through our center. So. Yeah. And just have somewhere to go to talk to someone. I mean, that that is one of the most important elements with small talk. It seems that, hey, this is an outlet. This is a safe house where you can come here and express, you know, what's going on. Yeah. I mean, we have um, we have four therapists. I do a little bit of therapy. I still have a small caseload. Um, we have uh, three other therapists at our center right now. Um, we see about you know, at any given time, 60 to 70 kids in wow. counseling. Um, and then, like I said, we're able to kind of walk them through the process as well. So we have a victim advocate at our office who will uh, accompany children to court and help them kind of meet their essential needs um, to help the therapeutic process be right. more successful. So, um, you know, we're always super busy, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, the increase in our numbers over these eight years is more indicative of people being more comfortable rather than it being more of a becoming more of a problem than it is because we see about 250 kids for those forensic interviews every year um and i mean i think that's probably just the tip of the iceberg i think it's happening much more in our community than um yeah, that's just what's being reported, right? Yeah, exactly. That's just what's being reported. So we know it's an underreported crime. And, you know, one of our goals is to make sure that people know about this service, know that it is available, and know that when kids come here, they can, you know, be safe. And right. And they have a safe place to come and talk about what happened, that they can get trauma-informed therapy um, at no cost so they don't have to worry about paying or insurance or anything like that which I think you know relieves a huge burden for a lot of families yeah the financial burden alone Um, you know and we try and get people in as quick as we can so we can make sure that you know they get the kind of healing that they need because we don't want people to wait right um, for therapy that's not something anybody should wait for if they need it they should get it yeah 
Alex, thank you so much. Alex Brace, Executive Director of Small Talk. Get more information at smalltalkcac.org. Thank you so much, man. Thanks, of course. Appreciate it. It's the All Things Michigan podcast.